0: Let's get into the word, and I, I'm believing that you're going to have a great experience. Actually, let me correct that. I don't want you to just have an experience. This morning, whether it's in the word or in the worship, I want you to encounter God. And so I'm encouraging you to lean into the Word of God this morning, lean into the worship. And I want to speak to you about seven things to remember. I know it sounds a bit of a long list, but it's a bit of a checklist, and we're going to move through it, but things to remember. And I wanna launch off a verse that is familiar or two verses that is really familiar to just about everybody. And it's from the 23rd Psalm. And David says, "'The Lord is my shepherd. "'I have all that I need. "'Even when I walk through the darkest valley, "'I will not be afraid for you are close beside me.'" And it'd be great if right now in the chat, you just put in there, the Lord is my shepherd, that emphasis on my shepherd, because everything in the Psalm hangs off that declaration. And my question to you, if you may be listening to us for the first time or a friend has invited you, is Jesus your shepherd? Because everything changes when you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he goes on to say, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I can walk through the darkest valley. The Lord is my shepherd and I can walk through the darkest valley. And in the declaration, I will not be afraid. And again, that would be a great thing to just make a declaration in the comments, not afraid, because there's so much fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And it's compounded by the impact, not just of the virus, but the job losses or the changes, in employment, the changes, even how you work been listening to some people about suddenly looking after kids, working from home, and there's an element of stress and there's some fun things that can be done. But it just adds to that needing to walk through something. And we're going to get through this, and that's what the heart of this message is, things to remember so we don't get bogged down in this thing, but we walk through it. We know that COVID-19 is deadly for some people, and the reports from international Just make me so thankful for all that our federal, state and territory governments and health officers have been advising us, telling us what to do. And it's so important that we respond to that and obey that. But it's all manner of fear-based misinformation going out on social media through the internet. And some of it is just crazy. One of the most tragic stories I read uh, was from Iran, where they've had a major problem in containing the outbreak, where nearly 300 people died and over a thousand were made ill because they drank methanol and it was told it would kill the virus. And they did it and it killed some of them, not the virus, the so-called treatment. The FBI early on made its first arrest for fraud related to COVID-19. And a man who had 2.4 million Instagram followers was selling pills that he said could cure the virus or prevent you from getting it. And it's just tragic. There's misinformation. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is speaking to how to deal with troubled things. He's going through a a personal crisis. He's talking about the things that he suffered, the things that he's experienced as he preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. And I love what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 7. Now, our hope for you, our hope for you is unshakable why don't you put that in the comments column, unshakable hope. Our hope for you is unshakable, and I want you to catch this, because we know. Our hope is unshakable because of what we know, and then just as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in God's comforting strength. And God's comforting strength comes through this spirit of hope, this anticipation that in the midst of everything that is changing, God is the constant. God causes us to be unshakable because of what we know. And in that you can experience God's comfort. To just kind of put this into a bit of phrase, what we know helps us get through this dark valley. And if your hope is unshakable in Jesus Christ and you know it, you're going to get through this. You're going to move through this with confidence, with strength. In fact, you will grow by the experience. So here's the things that I want you to remember. And at the end, we're actually going to share communion in remembrance of Jesus. I've got my sealed pack here individually. You can organize that, get some bread and get ready to share communion right at the end. The first thing to remember is remember not everything you hear is true. And this has been a problem for humanity from time immemorial. And I love the wisdom of God's word. The gullible believe anything they're told, but the prudent, sift and weigh every word. Isn't that a great declaration from Proverbs 14, verse 15? You need to sift and weigh what you hear, not give in to the panic merchants and all the rest of it or misinformation. Another bit of wisdom from Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 13, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. And this is true, just great life wisdom, not just wisdom in the situation. A foolish person doesn't care about the facts. All he do, all he wants to do is yell. And there's a lot of people yelling, whether it's through social media or whatever other thing, giving their opinion about things. Well, sift through it, weigh it and make sure that what you are responding to is the truth. And I love the way, as I said earlier, our government, federal, state and territory has given us such wisdom on how to deal with this and the the constant reporting, the chief medical officer. That's where we need to get the facts from. Get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to good sense. You see, the Bible says that we should not just have faith in God. We should be people of faith and facts. The second thing to remember is that this is not going to last forever. And we need to do the common sense things like the hand washing, the social distancing, only going out when we need to and doing those basic things because it's working in this country. But because the Lord is our shepherd, we know how to walk through dark valleys. Again, in Second Corinthians chapter four and verse seventeen, Paul says, "We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity." I want you to get that. We view our light, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty reward, far beyond all comparison. I want you to catch what Paul's focusing on. He's saying everything that is happening to us right now is temporary. And we need to be pushing through and hanging on to God in faith, working with the facts, because something has been worked in us. I believe that for many of us, as intimidating as some of the stuff is and as challenging as it is, the rearranging of our lives, the rearranging of how we do family and work and everything, this could be your greatest opportunity to grow. To grow in Christ, to grow in confidence, to grow in strength, to grow in new skills. Maybe Make this, the most positive experience of your life as you're into to Jesus and you see this is temporary, but I'm doing something that is gonna have an eternal consequence by how I respond with faith and facts in the situation. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm walking through this thing. I'm not getting bogged down. The third thing, remember to focus on what's unchanging in your life during this crisis. And it breaks down into a whole lot of little things. Somebody anxious about their job, somebody struggling to adapt to working at home, running out of toilet paper. The funniest thing happened this week. Um, we, we eat a little bit of popcorn at home, sometimes more than we should. Went to the shelves and there was a run on popcorn. It's now back on the shelf panic. You don't have to panic buy on that. There's back on the shelf. So you'll be all right. But one of the things that is important is to focus on what's unchanging in your life. Yeah, you, you got to deal with what's changing, but celebrate what's unchanging: your relationship with God, your salvation in Christ, your family, your friends that you can still connect with, whether it's with Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it is you use. I think samson has got some phones have got something that works along the similar lines. It's an ongoing joke in our church. But the key to stability is to focus on what's unchanging in your life. And Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4. Remember this epistle where he writes from challenging circumstances. He says, because we do not focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And the unseen things of God and faith are the most powerful things in your life right now. For what we see is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. you ready for number four? You can say yes, keep preaching in the comments. Remember, God is good all of the time. One of the lies that the the enemy would whisper in your ear that somehow God's forgotten you, that God doesn't care. It's not true. God is good all of the time and all of the time, God is good. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, pour out your worries and stress upon Him and leave them there for He always tenderly cares for you. I want you to catch this. He tenderly cares for you. Pour out all your worry, all your stress, all your anxiety, all your uncertainty on Him and do your best to just leave it there and trust and have confidence in the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I wanna make some declarations here that I believe are specific to some people who have lent into this broadcast this morning, this service. God sees everything you're going through. God cares about everything you're going through right now in your life, in your business, in your relationships. God always acts out of goodness towards you and to me. He's a good God, God is good. God has got a plan for your life. And if you just wait on Him, He's gonna give you ideas. He's gonna give you solutions to some of the challenges. Listen to the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And His plan is better than your plan. So get His plan and start walking in that. God will never stop loving you through the circumstance. And God has the power to change you in the circumstance and give you ideas through the power of prayer. I love something that Jesus said as he leads us into the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, there's no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like those who don't know God, for they expect God to hear them because they have their many words. There's no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need. Therefore, before you ask him, sorry, I got that a little bit mixed up. Your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows that's something to put in the chat comment right now. Your father knows what you need. And I want you to just, Take this moment right now. Father, I pray for each and every person, whatever it is they need, I thank you, you know already and that you are finding a way to bring them to the place where they discover you've prepared everything they need for this situation, for this circumstance. Number six, we're about to come into communion in one more point. Remember that Christ is in you. If you've said yes to Jesus, Christ is in you and He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, I'm going to give you that opportunity in a moment. And in this moment, you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and begin to discover His strength. Listen to what Paul says. Again, we touching in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. Now that's something to declare in the chat column, not crushed. We're under pressure, but not crushed. At times when we we don't know what to do, quitting is not an option. You could put that in, I'm not quitting. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. I love that. No matter what is going on, God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, I wanna sing a song out, but I get up again. We may be knocked down, but not out. We do this because we are convinced that He who raised Jesus will raise us up with Him and together we will be brought into His presence. We are convinced, we are confident. That's a confession you can make in the comment box right now. But why don't we come to communion? Because we are told to remember Jesus as we share communion together. And the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm just going to lead us through this right now as we share communion together. On the night when he, that is Jesus, was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. And if you want to just take the bread in your hand right now, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The most important thing we can do right now is remember Jesus, his love, his mercy, his compassion, his death, his sacrifice, and the power of his resurrection. So as you take the bread, be thankful and do it in remembrance of Jesus. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. I love that. As we drink of this cup, we are in the presence of a covenant covenant keeping God. An agreement confirmed, written, signed by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you drink it, Let's drink together. For every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you are announcing something, that God is in control of this world, that the Lord's, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. He writes the final passage of history. He's in control